ahead and, and turn with you to Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. Um, last week we started into this idea of the gospel, this gospel series where we're going to spend a couple of weeks looking at the, the gospel message, not just the message that we see in the gospels in Matthew Mark, Luke, and John, but look at the, the overall message from Genesis all the way through of how the gospel is, is intertwined. This message that, and we, we, we broke it down to the simple statement that the gospel turns into because of our sins, Christ died, was resurrected to offer us mercy, offer Amen. us salvation. That's basically what it comes down to. There's other isms and schisms, but that gets into doctrine and theology. But that is the core truth of the gospel message. There should be no wavering in that. But from church to church, or from just you know whatever it may be, between Christian to Christian, that is what we hold firm to. Without any one part of that statement, it's not the gospel message. It's just right. a good story. But with all of those intertwined together, it is a the good news of Jesus Christ. And we have that. But that good news would not just start and whenever Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John, all those things started. It didn't end after Acts and everything, but that gospel message was being established before Christ even walked on this earth. And it is still being preached and should be preached today and has impact today. And we want to look at all the different components of that. How we got to that place where Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John, where we read those gospels and, and the relevancy of those, and what we should do after that as Christians, what we can learn yeah. from that. Today we're going to talk about truths from creation. Truths from creation. So I'm going to ask you this question. Have you ever created something? Have you ever created something? I like playing with Legos. I have all my life. Growing up and everything, I loved the little bionicle people. I thought they were so cool. They were too expensive for us to have very many of them, though. Whenever I got one, I would get it and I'd love it and it would be precious to me. I'd be like, Lord of the Rings, my precious, my precious. Because it was mine. And I could have it, and I could play with it, and I could build it and rearrange it, and I could put its legs on its arms, I could put its head down on its foot, do all kinds of fun stuff with it. I could create something with that. Legos are fun. Love blocks. Harper's got a bunch of blocks. She be it. Well, we build it. She knocks it down. That's really how it usually goes. We create things, right? You may you you may be the the, the wife or the mother and everything. You created that child. The husband didn't do it. You did, right? They might say they hadn't, but they you did the you did the hard stuff with that. Okay, you created that child with the working of God in your life and everything. We create things. Some of us better than others, but we can create things. We might have, you might look, think back on your life and think of some of your proudest creations. Maybe, you know, when you were little and you had that thing you created and you took it to mom and dad. Maybe it was from school or VBS. And said, look what I, what I made, mommy. Look what I made, grandma or granddad, whoever it may be. Look what I, what I made. And you, maybe you go on in life and, and you do something that you're really proud of at work, whatever it may be. And you... And you take it before the boss or whatever and says, this is what I've come up with. This is the plan that I've created, the model that I've made, whatever it may be. And you're proud of that. And we, we create things. But, but everything that we create is, is temporal. You know, even the children that come along in our life, you know, when time goes on, we all die. We all pass away. It's one point under man to die and after this, the judgment. We, we all will fade. Everything we create in this world is temporary. It comes and it goes. But there has been something that was created many, many years ago, you know, at least 6,000 years ago is what we take from the Bible. Probably maybe a little bit more. Who knows? Uh, we'll know one day. Um, but there was something created then, and, and we're going to talk about who created it and the importance of why he created it today. But I want you to think about, as you think about your creation and the things that you've made, think about God and how much greater everything that he has made. Okay? So let's read from Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. I'm not going to read the whole chapter here of the story of creation. Most of us probably know it um, from, from Sunday school and things like that. We'll read this first part here, and we'll kind of elaborate on the rest of it. But it says, in the, beginning of God, uh, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form 
and void, and darkness was, was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And the evening of the, and the morning was the first day. So that's Genesis chapter 1. Verses 1 through 5. It continues on. He begins to, to form everything. He begins to create the continents and the seas and everything to separate and divide that. He begins to put the vegetation upon the earth and the plants and everything. He creates the, the flying animals and the swimming animals. He creates the, the land animals that we many of them we see and know. And then ultimately on the sixth day, we understand that out of the dust of the earth, he created man. He created Adam and then ultimately created Eve from a rib from him. And that was a creation. The Bible says on the seventh day, he rested. And he looked back and he saw it all was good. So we see this, this idea of, of creation. And we read, we read through that, and a lot of times, you know, we studied a lot in Sunday school, and we, we read those stories and everything. We might color those color sheets. But there's, there's so much, a, a, such a deep truth within the creation story for us that has plays a key part in the beginning of the gospel. Because it says, in the beginning, God created heaven and earth, but in the beginning, he also began writing the gospel, laying the foundation of what would Amen. come. So let's look at some truths that we can find within the gospel, or within this part of the gospel. God created everything. And you might say, well, that's simple. We understand that. We know that, right? He created everything. But every atom that has ever been in existence upon this face, within the face of the earth, within all the galaxies and the universe and everything, every atom can trace its existence and formation back to the beginning and the creation of, of God. No matter how times it's split or multiplied or everything, it comes back from a direct association to what God began and started here in Genesis chapter 1, verses 1, where He began to separate and to form things and to mold things, mold the nothingness and make it into to something. It all goes back to Him. Right. Now, we live in a very advanced world right now, right? I mean, we all, we all probably have a cell phone in our pocket or have one at home or something like that. Many of us probably have computers. We, I think we all drive cars if we're of that age or have cars or have roading cars, different things like that. Massive advancements in technology over just over the past 50 years. Because some of you, you know, when you were growing up, there might not have been cars in every driveway. You didn't have electricity in every household. Running water was a, was a, was a pleasure. It was a leisure that just not everybody had access to. And, and within the past 50 years, we've seen that advancement where, at least in America, it's an oddity to find a house without running water or electricity in it. It's an oddity to have somebody, you know, that has a, a daily job that doesn't have a car. Those things are strange now, but used to it wasn't. So strange, but we've had many advancements, many creations that we have made in the scientific realms and medicine and technology and all these things, physics and stuff like that. Stuff that's way beyond my understanding, way beyond what I know, but I know that we've had a lot of changes. But what I've realized is that no matter how many changes we have, how many significant advances we have, nothing that we create in our human form can begin to rival the magnitude of what it is that God created. Because right. see, we can create a lot of things. We can create a lot of fancy things, things that do things we can never dream of, things that do things that we, you know, that we talked about years and years in sci-fi and fantasy and fiction that we thought would never come to be. And we're doing some of those things now that a hundred years ago seems strange. But no matter what it is, what creation we make, it will never come close to what God has done. For this one fact, because everything we create comes from, from something else. See, we understand that this, that says there was nothing, that God created not, everything from nothing. But everything that we create, whether it be a phone or whether it be a car or whether it be whatever it may be, 
comes from something. It's made up of other things. It's made out of other mechanical components, or it's made up from base elements that come from the earth and things like that, but it's stuff that we cannot sometimes replicate when it comes down to the base parts of these things. No matter what we do or how much we create it, it is just an imitation, a pale imitation of what it is that God has done. Even as we go on into robotics and different things like that, and you get things that will talk to you and scare you to death, and it's like that thing shouldn't have that kind of mental capacity, it shouldn't be able to have a conversation with me, even those things will never come close to the authenticity of the soul and the human being that God has created. And God created everything. He is the Creator. And no matter what we do, we can't outdo God. Can we say that together? No matter what we do, we can't outdo God. You might have children or grandchildren 50, 60 years from now that have robotic people walking around. It still does not undo or outdo the handiwork of God Almighty and what He has made and what He has created. He is the Creator. And everything that we do is secondary in comparison to the authentic version that Christ and God and the Holy Spirit together in the beginning created. God made everything. That's a truth that, that, that holds relevancy for this one fact. If God created everything, He is in authority over everything. Right. Nobody else can tell Him and dictate to Him what He can do with His creation when it comes to life or eternal life or death or anything. It is His and His alone to deem and to judge and to rule over. It is His. It is His creation. So that's why this truth is so relevant to the gospel because if God didn't have authority, He couldn't write the gospel. But where He does have authority... He can establish the gospel as the rule over all of life, death, and humanity. Amen? So the other truths that we can talk about. It is good. He says that. He says that each and every day that He creates something, it says that He created it, He made it, He formed it, He put it into existence, He spoke into existence with each and different one, and He says He steps back and He says, this is good. This is good. This is good. And I'm going to be real with you. There's many times I may look out my window or look at the TV and, and see the things on the news and, and think, is creation really good? And we can question that sometimes. It's easy to look at everything that's going on, to look at natural disasters, to look at, at hunger and, and, and things and drought in third world countries, to, to look at the violence that we do between ourselves and humanity and other creatures and really think, is this creation good? And without getting into the full story of the fall, because God's laid us on the heart to preach that whole sermon on the fall, we should understand, though, that it's our decisions that bring out the worst in creations. It's our choices, what we do, what we decide, how we deliver our life, how to treat each other, how to interact with the world around us, that ultimately, a lot of times, impacts and affects these things that happen. It brings up the worst in creation. Amen. You might look at that, and it might be hard to, to understand or to grasp sometimes, but, but what we understand is cre- creation that God made is beautiful, and it is good. Even the things that we don't like, even the things that we don't want to have part with, have a purpose in many aspects. You know, we get wildfires over in California and other places. We had one in Pigeon Forge area a couple years ago. It's tragic. It's awful. But from, from these wildfires and things like that, the things that grow afterwards have more success in growing. Certain seeds don't come out unless they're under a certain amount of heat. Certain things can't happen unless they're under certain pressure from fire and things like that. And it's through that that certain things and applications that God desires to happen, happens. We might look at water and look at the destructive power of it, like what's happened up in Kentucky recently, but 
And we might fear that, might be afraid of that, and think, well, how's that good? But, but water in its essence is ultimately what we all need for life. Without water, we would be a desert, deserted planet. They looked all over, and earth is the only one around that's close enough that has water. There's a re- reason that God put water here, and that's for us to live and to thrive. Right. And you might hate spiders and creepy crawly things, and you might not want to get close to them or touch them or be around them, but they take care of certain pets that would just overrun the world if they were spiders and things to take care of that. You might think flies are the nastiest things on this earth, but they help with the decaying process. Without that, we'd just have dead bodies just piled up everywhere, and it would just all stink. You know? I went outside. One of the things we, me and Tara talked about the other day, I was like, man, kudzu just gets into everything, right? It's just all over the place. We didn't know kudzu originates from, from Southeast Asia, some, some of the island countries and things like that over there, China, whatnot, Vietnam, and, and places like that. So this is kudzu, okay? You get it all over the place now. Somebody brought it over here, and I don't know what they were thinking when they brought it over here, but they brought it over here, and it just runs rampant, right? we got kudzu everywhere. Okay, if you leave something for, for a day or two, you're going to have kudzu. It don't matter if there wasn't kudzu there before, there'll be kudzu. If it's just a plain concrete place, there'll be kudzu on it because kudzu comes forever. This is kudzu, right? For me, this is annoyance. I see no good in this. I see no purpose in this. I see no reason for this to be on the, this, the face of the earth. It's like, why would you create this God? This nasty little thing that gets into everything and destroys things and gets into places that doesn't need to be. Why would you make this? And I got to reading and studying. In the Southeast Asia, where this where this originates from, they use this in food. You can make a jelly out of it that almost tastes like grape jelly, as they said. I, I haven't tried it, but according to the articles that I read, it tastes like almost like a grape jelly or pres- preservative. Um, in food, they make teas, they make jellies and stuff out of this. They take the starches from it and they use it just like a starch that we would and everything like that. They also use it in medicinal purposes like folk medicine and things like that and teas and whatnot. You can also take it and, and, and you can strip it down and use the fibers from it to make clothing out of it. Right? Some crazy stuff. There's thoughts that it can be used to make it some kind of fuel the same way you would with corn fuel and things like that. There's thoughts that you can do all kinds of stuff with this. Animals eat it. There's some people that bail it. It's difficult, but there's some people that bail it and feed it to their crops or feed it to their animals and stuff. It has a lot of purposes and uses. Even though it might not seem good, it is good. And that's what we can say about all of God's creation. That the creation that He's made that's not been affected or perverted or influenced in some way by mankind and our intentions and our ulterior motives, that the creation that God has made is Good. It is good. Right. And that's important for us to understand because the world's going to ask you a lot of questions. Well, if God is so good, then why is this? And if God is so good, then why is this? And But it ultimately comes down to our decisions ultimately a lot of times affect the bad stuff that happens and affects things that are going on. And I'm not saying you live a perfect life and everything's going to be good and hunky-dory. It rains on the just and the unjust, the Bible tells us. But a lot of times the things and decisions we made have bad impacts on the society, on the globe, on, on, on nature and everything like that. But what God has made, and that means you, at your core, is good. Our decisions can pervert that. But we are created as good creations. Just when we are born, just like he did with Adam and Eve, he sits back. And as they're cleaning you off and wrapping you up, he can look at you and say, this is good. This is good. And we, we can understand that. And it might not sometimes feel like it. We might be in some places in our life where we make bad decisions after bad decisions after bad decisions. But I want you to understand that God knows that there is good in you. It might feel like that ever since you've been born, all that ever came out of you was bad. 
But there is good in you because you are created by God. In His image, formed in His likeness, you are good. Make bad decisions, but you are good. I've had a hard time with this. Tara, something we transition this with how we discipline Harper and everything. And I'll say, my tendency is to say that was a, that was a bad that, you're a bad girl. That was bad, Harper. That was a bad thing. And Harper says, or Tara says, no, you need to say that's a bad choice. She's not bad. That's a bad choice. I don't know if that's raisin or just my ignorance. I don't know. But Tara's helping me elevate myself to a better mindset and things like that. Uh, she's good for that. Uh, she's good for a lot of things, but she's good for that. Um, but in our life, we might do a lot of bad things. But whenever God just looks down and says, that's just a bad egg. I messed up with that one. No. You're a good person. You're created in the image of God. It's just might have made a lot of bad decisions. That's not pleasing to God. Man, so we need to understand that. That's a truth we can understand from Scripture. You might have somebody come up to you and say, I'm too bad to be saved. No, no, no. The creation that God has made is never bad. The decisions the creation makes is what's bad. And decisions can be changed. Man, and I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for that truth because there's times I felt, man, I'm no good. But God within me can bring out the good that is there. Amen. So I'm thankful for that. So that's the other truth. We've got God created everything. It is good. Now we have creation is reason to worship Him. Right? What are reasons that we have for worshiping or adoring people in our life? Maybe some people are, are beautiful, their beauty, their looks. Maybe some people are funny. Maybe some people are talented. They make great works of art or good at music or whatnot. Um, maybe some people are have great athleticism. They're good at certain things like that. Maybe some people have power. Now, I know I just described myself with those five words. <laughs> But for a moment, let's just overlook that and think about everything else, okay? But there's a lot of reasons that we may worship or adore other people, groups, or whatnot in our life. Maybe sometimes it's people that have intimately impacted our life we spent time with. Sometimes we adore people that we've never even known before. Don't know us, won't be able to pick us out of a crowd. We we have different reasons and different motives to worship, to adore people, to, to praise them, to give them glory for different reasons. There's all kinds of things. But we ultimately, we do worship. And we do glorify and we do adore and, and praise people in this life. Now, worship and adoration doesn't always look like us falling down on our knees and, and bowing down and, and, and singing their praises. A lot of times it's just celebrating what it is that they've done. Or lifting them up over everything else in our life. Those two simple things are, are giving worship and adoration to something in our life. Now look at God though, and I look at all the things all the things that I've worshipped or adored in my life in different seasons, and then I and I think, but we can talk about God and we just talked about how He created everything. Everything that has ever been ultimately can can trace its creation back to a point where it's even its base parts and principles are come from creation of God. And that everything that He has created is good. But still, I feel like we, we lack and fall short in worshiping Him and giving Him the adoration that He is deserving of. That's you know, there's been civilizations upon this, the face of this earth over time that have come and that have gone that, that have worshipped deities just that created one element of creation. 
They worship deities that created the sky, and they worship deities that created the grounds. They worship deities that created the, the plants and the harvest and the fruits and everything. They only uh, create that have only created one. They'll worship these deities that they that they create in their minds and everything. But we have the God that created the earth and everything that has been. And these societies would do anything and everything to appease their gods, but still we fail to worship and adore our God, the Creator. Amen. The way that he deserves to be, be worshipped. He did all these things. Yes, you, you may, you know, in a funny way, we might think, well, can he, can he do 5G, or can he make a flying car, or how about a OLED 8K 46 or 66-inch TV that has a good picture? Can he, can he do these things? It doesn't matter because he created every. Thing. And I think the, the reality is, the sad reality is that we have grown so advanced in our society and all our doodads and our toys and our playthings that it's become to a point where the idea of creation, that God created everything, just doesn't impress us anymore. That we are just so enamored by the newest phone that comes out, but the fact that God created the heavens and earth just doesn't really move us anymore. That phone wouldn't mean a hill of beans wouldn't even be here. I wouldn't be here unless God stepped out of the nothingness to create everything. That's right. Amen. But we are just so impressed by everything else that we don't have any room to be impressed by God. That we're just so moved by everything else that's going on, the newest advancement, we're checking our phones for the new thing that's coming or what's happening now or the new movie or new this, that we fail to see that God, all this creation has been here for thousands of years in the secular world, says millions of years, and they still don't realize how awesome this is. But for at least thousands of years, He's created this and molded this, and it's still moving, it's still going, still doing what it's supposed to do. And we're more impressed by a movie or by a phone than by the creation of God. And what's wrong with that picture? Yeah. What's wrong with that? We need to understand that there's things more impressive than the newest thing that we can get at Best Buy or Walmart or whatever it is. That there's things that should move us more than a deal at Amazon or whatever it is that just gets us going in the morning. God created it all. Amen. And created it well and good. And that's reason to worship Him. And that's reason to glorify Him. To sing His praises and to adore Him because of what He did. If that's where it ended, He did a great thing in that. Civilizations, like I said, have worshipped deities for less. And we have a God that made it all. And did it well. And it stood the test of time. And it's still chugging along no matter how badly we treat everything. It's still chugging along. We should worship Him and adore Him for that. But we don't leave room for that adoration because we are too moved and adoring of things of this world or other people or, or people in power or people in positions or whatever it may be or people that come across our screens. Those things, yeah, they might be cool for a moment, but God has created something eternal. Right. And that's something that we can really worship and really praise and that's really worthy of that glory and adoration that, that He desires from us. Not just to pump up his ego, but because he just wants to hear, hey, yeah, all those other things, they'll come and go, but you remain. You remain. And I'm thankful for that. But I look at this, and, and, and really what I feel like, what we can take going forward in this idea of the gospel, is, is this idea that, that he, that God, cares for his creation. Now, I don't know 
about you, but I really feel like this is where it ties in with the gospel. More than anything, but this really is where it ties in with the gospel is this idea that that if he didn't care for if you don't care for something, you won't sacrifice anything for it. Right? I mean John 15, 13 says it. It says, Greater love hath no man than this that a man lay down his life for his friends. That within tells us that he cares for his creation. Think of the things that you've made, like we talked about at the first of the sermon, that you might have made. Maybe it's a piece of furniture. You made something for a spouse, for a Valentine's Day, or for an anniversary. The children that you created, that you brought into this world, and like all the mamas say, I can take you out of it too. These ones that you love and that you adore. You think about those things, and you realize that you would do anything because you care so much about that creation that you've made, that thing that you've brought into this earth. And I want you to understand that that is how God views us. That He made us and He molded us. Not just as a number or just not, not another piece off of an assembly line that doesn't matter to, to Him overseeing it all, but that He created each and every one of us uniquely and individually to serve Him in some capacity, to love Him, to come into His fold, to accept Him as our Savior. He created all of us with a purpose and a design because He cares about us. Because here's, here's the reality. I want us to understand this reality. And sometimes we just gloss over it. Sometimes we look over it. But there was nothing ever written that said once God created this and then once Adam and Eve messed up. And we talk about the fall next week. But ultimately they, the fall came and the, the sin came into the world. There was nothing that was written down at that point. No agreement that God had made that said he couldn't just start over. There was nothing dictated to him. Hey, if they mess up, you've got to deal with it. You've got to see it through. He could have very easily... Started over. Their sin was worthy of, of, of death because he commanded them to do this. He was the divine God. He created everything. Thus, he rules over everything. It's his decisions, you know, that rule over all of ours. Could have started over. He could have walked away from the mess that they started and let us just burn and figure it out and just ultimately destroy ourselves and we wouldn't have made it this long. But he decided to stay. And not just to stay, but to figure out a way to fix our mess. To make it right. To put it back together. What we had thus broken. At that moment of that moment in time there at the, the tree. And I think sometimes we don't realize that. Sometimes we think, well, he was obligated to. He's God in heaven. Nobody obligates him to do nothing. That's like saying, well, once Steve Jobs created the apple, he just had to stick with it. No. He made the apple. If he wanted to go off and make a pear or a banana after that, he could have. But he stuck with the apple, right? You don't tell God what to do with his creation. But he made the decision that I care about this creation so much. I'm invested in them. I love them. I knew they were capable of making mistakes. I knew there was a, that was an option that that could have happened. I knew that if, if, I, if I didn't think that was going to happen, I wouldn't have put the tree in there. I wouldn't have met. But I put the tree in there. I knew this was possible. I knew there was a chance they were going to fail. They were going to make, make a mistake. But I don't want to see them through it. I'm going to stay there. I care about them enough. I love them enough. They're my creation. In my image. In my likeness. I care about them. So I ain't going to leave them. And I want you to understand. And that ultimately leads us to the gospel. And we'll get through that in coming weeks. And we, we, we can see that thread. This is where the tapestry was started. And that thread just of, of Him caring is so important. Without Him caring for us, then we never get to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. He would have given up at some point when the children of Israel kept on failing, kept on making mistakes. But because he cared, because he cared, 
That's how we even got to the point we are today. Because He cares. But because He cares, no matter what you're going through in life, no matter what you're dealing with, no matter what you're struggling with, no matter what, what hardship or what temptation or whatever it may be that just overwhelms you and just encircles you and just drags you down time and time again, He cares for you. Amen. He cares for you. No matter how many times you, you break to the left or you break to the right, no matter how many times you fall and come short, no matter how many times you just goof up and make a fool of yourself, and make, a, make a fool of God it may seem like, and just, just ultimately just feel like a disaster in your life, He still cares. Yeah. Amen. He still cares for the broken and for the hurting and for the lost and the ones that are trying and the ones that aren't trying, the ones that make mistakes and the ones that are doing good right now in this season, the ones that have been in a bad season, not just for seasons, but it's been years now. He still cares. Let's say He still cares. When the enemy says He don't care anymore, you can know He still cares. Because they messed up, and we didn't have thousands of people walking upon this earth, millions of people, millions of souls to live and die and everything. There was two at that point that we know of and everything. He could have stopped it then. said, let's stop this before it gets out of hand. But He cared enough to help them through that place, and He cares enough about you to help you through whatever you're going through too. To not leave you, not forsake you, not turn His back on you, not to ignore you, not to say they don't matter, they don't matter what they do, they're bad, they're awful, they're evil. I'm just going to throw my hands up. He still cares. He still cares. When it feels like everything that can go wrong has went wrong. And all your story is is just a sad story from the beginning to where you're at right now. He still cares. When you've stopped caring, and it seems like everybody else has stopped caring. He still cares. He cares for His creation. You are His creation. David said, he said, You knew me before I was formed in my mother's womb. Yeah. You cared about me then. And you care about me now. And you'll care about me all the days of my life. And that care and that love and compassion will see us through a many a trials and a many a sorrows and a many a struggles. And we can know with with assured peace and comfort that that He does care. No greater love, no love hath no greater love hath no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. We talked about it last week. That's part of our gospel statement. Because of our sins, Christ died and was resurrected. To offer us mercy, to offer us salvation. So we understand that we know that He died. And that in itself tells us that He cares. That He cares. The Bible says He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So if He cared at creation, and He still cared enough about us at the cross, pretty good logic to say He still cares for us today. Man, we can look at creation. Like I said, a lot of times it's very easy for us just to write it off and say, well, that's a children's story. It's good to know that God made everything. You know, yada, yada, yada. But there is truth that impacts and establishes the foundation of the gospel from the very first scriptures that we have. And we need to understand that that He has this plan. And it's working, and it's working, and He's moving it forward. And we're part of that. 
and that He cares for us, and He's going to bring us along with it if we've accepted Him as His Savior. And no matter what, no matter what comes against us, no matter what we do, He still cares. I want you to, if you're nothing else, you go home, know from this scripture, from the beginning of time, from everything that goes, that He has cared for His people, His creation, and He still cares for us today. Amen. Thank you.